Alrighty guys, welcome back to another episode of One Percenters. Today I am very excited because we'll be speaking to Julie Smith-Nestor who is a BDR with 20 plus years of sales experience, the co-founder of Sassy Sales Moms, which is a place for SDRs to sharpen their skills and to break into tech. And most importantly, she is a full-time mom. So I'm so happy to have you on today. How are you feeling today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Exactly. Yeah, me too. I was really excited because, you know, doing research, you know, before getting on the podcast, I learned to see how much of a hard worker you are. And I always wonder, like, how do people get there? How do people get to where they are today? So if you don't mind, I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you were able to develop such a strong but yet loving mindset in the corporate space. Oh, that's so sweet, Laurent. Well, definitely. I can definitely share. <laughs> um, it's kind of like I always joke about it. You know, I'm kind of not young, um, so it's kind of a deep history. But, um, you know, it started my work ethic and everything about my work started from my parents. And I guess a lot of that mm. for some of us is the case. And my parents had crazy work ethic. Um, my mom was a teacher for until she passed away, she was a teacher and she was a very, very hard worker. Um, she was one of those types where like, you had to like, if you wanted to miss a day of school, like something, you had to right. be bleeding out or something had to be seriously going on. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what she right. would have thought of COVID. Like that would have blown her mind because missing school was just like not something you did. But, but anyway, my father mm -hmm. was the same, just a really hard worker, and he was a founder of a company called MBNA America, which was a credit card company. And it was really oh. cool. Um, it was a very intense company to be a, a founder of, to even work for. And the work right. ethic, I, I really can't explain to you the company, like the work ethic that that company instilled. And I did get to start my career there, which was a blessing. And... Wow. I, I mean, a lot of people said that it was too much. Um, a lot of people said it was kind of like too intense. But if you worked hard at MBNA, you were promoted. You had great experience. Um, mm -hmm. We had worldwide, like crazy training, um, sales training, leadership training. So, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, that's where my work ethic got started. Um, as a woman, my father, he really prepared me from a young age. He was like you know, you're going to, it's going to be harder for you. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to wear turtlenecks. You're going to have to wear, you know, cause if I got nervous, like my neck would get red and he was like, you have to cover that up. It's oh. important that they don't see that. Like things like that. Um, he was, he was oh, always okay. prepping me. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I got my turtleneck yeah, on see? today. <laughs> see, me too. No, I, that's not why, but, uh, right. anyway, he, he was always, you know, prepping me just to, to be a, a leader because he knew that I would want to be, but he knew that it would be hard. And, um, for me, my, my story got hard. I got into pharmaceutical sales, which was really cool. Um, unfortunately my mom and dad passed away. And so I ended up leaving, um, MBNA because it was bought out by Bank of America and it was a really good time to leave, um, because they offered great severance package and, I got into pharmaceutical and medical device sales, which was really awesome. I love medical device sales. Right. Um, I do. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, I had a really awful, you know, my, my ex-husband became abusive, and it was a really bad situation. Mm. Um, I ended up having to leave him, 
and we had four children together. So I was a single mom of four kids, and it was kind of crazy. Um, <clears throat> it was very intense. Wow. <laughs> I did live with my mother for a while before she passed away, which was awesome. But unfortunately, she passed away pretty quickly um, after we moved in with her. So that was unfortunate. Both my parents had one had lung cancer, and my mother had breast cancer. And so right, yeah. it was just really, you know, a struggle and being a single mom with four kids and trying to be in, you know, outside sales, like business to business sales as a medical device. I got into payroll type sales and I started working for paychecks and I just was hustling mm -hmm. whatever I could. It did not work out. I mean, it was just too much. Like I was spending $1,500 a month on childcare. Do you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> so yeah. I ended up just leaving that space and going freelance before freelance was like a thing. Um, it was about 2010, mm -hmm. 2011, and I just started uh, doing whatever. I was helping people manage, build their social media on Twitter, Tumblr, um, anywhere they could. Um, we did a lot of the, uh, oh, I'm blanking on it, but we did the quick video reel. I'm blanking on it, but it was awesome, and then it went away. Vine, oh, yeah. loved it. Oh, yeah, Loved Vine, Vine. Yeah. Um, but it was <laughs> short-lived. And Twitter was, like, the best, but it was a really great place to, to learn about marketing, to learn about social media, personal branding, and all of that. And then I met my husband that I've been married to for 10 years, and um, he's been an awesome father to our children. And I tried to get back into my career. So I've always been in sales. I, it was really hard because mm -hmm. I had to break back in. It's not easy as a woman to do at all. Yeah. Everybody's like, where you been? I'm like, I don't know, hustling. <laughs> but <laughs> you really, yeah, I was hustling. I mean, I made a lot of money too, but it is what it is. And so I, uh, I did hospitality sales. Um, I love that COVID hit that, that ended <laughs> hospitality uh -huh. sales. COVID, yeah. Got into new home sales, loved new home sales, like the best. But then, um, yeah, sales. I was selling new homes. It was like awesome. But um, we hmm. found out last year that my husband has a brain tumor. And when I told my, new, my employer at the time, um, I asked for some leniency on my goals for the month of November. They were like, no, <laughs> sorry. Wow. <laughs> either you hit you either sell two homes or you're fired i did not so That's i didn't crazy. sell two homes Laurent, i got fired <laughs> i couldn't believe it december 4th i got fired Man. so anyway that's how that's how i decided to find some other sales and it led me to SAS because mm -hmm. i love cold calling um I've, I've been one of those people have you ever heard the term pound the pavement I've door to door sold right. many times in my career and I've cold called a lot. So being able to work from home in SaaS sales was really like a cool, like it seemed like a really very cool idea. I wanted to be a manager. That's what I thought was going to happen mm. because of all my experience. I was like, why would I start over? But that's just not how it works in SaaS. So, yeah. <laughs> so here we go. And, uh, that, that's where I, that's where I came from. Man, your story is absolutely amazing, you know, and I can see like how it built a lot of character going through, you know, a lot of different experiences in your life has really, you know, built you to be, you know, such a tough person, but also a loving person uh, that you are today. So that is absolutely amazing. Cool. Man, I just have to like think about like a lot of the different stuff you, you were talking about. 
it's really cool to see like how you were you know kind of at the start of all like the you know twitter and all like the you know personal branding and all those things as well i just think it's like very interesting and you know i was reading one of your posts um that really stuck out to me and i think it will be good for our listeners to hear this as well but it seems that you have a really big focus on customers uh and the phrase is you know think of yourself as a customer and it kind of has become somewhat of a mantra to you um, you know, what does that phrase mean to you and how can others apply that to themselves and in their careers? Well, I, you know, it is a huge mantra for me. Like the, I, I say the customer, I'm customer obsessed or I put the customer first. Like that's really true. That started from MBNA, um, at the company where I worked, mm-hmm. they put over every door, like think of yourself as the customer or put the customer first or whatever it was. They painted over all the doorways, everything we had to capitalize the word customer always C, capital C. Capital C. And um, (laughs) the paychecks that we got said brought to you by the customer. Um, We always focused on the customer. And when it became very deep, it was a very deep, innate thing that we learned about. And when you think about customer in your life, there's lots of customers, right? Like right now, I have many customers in my life. I have my family. My, and this might sound really weird, but this is true. My, my family is my customer. Like my, mm-hmm. I, my goal is to provide a, an awesome environment for them. So they're my customer. Um, my employer is my customer because, you know, I'm employed by them, but I want to do good by right. them. And then I have my customer customer because yeah. I sell. <laughs> <laughs> so Flowsome is who I work for. So our, our customers and partners there. And to me, if you always focus on the customer and I believe this and I've seen this happen and be true, if you truly believe and focus on the customer, you will always be successful. It's not, it's, it's Mm. true. So like even in sales, like right now, if I focus on booking meetings and what's, how many meetings do I have to book and this, that type of thing, well, I, sometimes I will hit my goal and, and I bet I could probably crush it sometimes, you know, really do good. But in general, it, it might not, I might not crazy go, like go out the water. Nobody will understand why, you know, I'm doing all the things. But the reason why is because I'm right. so focused on my KPIs and my, my goals and me focused on myself. Mm. But if I focus on the customer every day, like tomorrow when I get started, if I focus on my customer who are, you know, they're DevOps, they're, you know, Salesforce admin, Salesforce devs, and their problems and, and what sucks for them and those types of things, if I focus on those things, really care about it, every time I interact with them, whether it's through email or a phone call, I'm going to get closer to helping them solve a problem and actually providing like great customer experience um it's because it'll it'll be pure intent of just wanting to be helpful um people say that's kind of crazy but it's 100 percent true like when i focus on that i i always knock it out the park it, it's not it, it just naturally happens yeah I, I definitely agree too that was something that i kind of had to do like a mindset shift on recently is because I just uh, started, I really just kind of started in SaaS sales uh, myself. Um, but one of the big things that I had to learn was like, I'm not really trying to like sell them. Like, don't try to like sell them on this. Like, it's better to 
do what you're there for. You're there to qualify them, see if this would be a good fit for them, and if it's something that can, you know, help them, and then you go ahead, you know, and go through that process. But that should be first, like you said, customer first. So you want to make sure this product is right for the customer, not that you're trying to force a product, you know, on them that doesn't isn't a good yeah. fit. Uh, but I, that that really was a big mindset shift uh, for me as well. And it's you know it is hard to shift your mindset when you're in sales to focus on that because it's not innate to do. Um, you know when when I worked for MBNA and even when I worked in hospitality sales, there was always a an impression that everybody's selling. So it doesn't matter what department you are in, you are still always selling. You're always adding revenue, adding value to that relationship. And um, it's it doesn't have to come off as salesy if it's something that helps and you listen, you know what I mean? So when you're listening to people, whether it's whether you're listening to the customer who's upset or you're listening to the customer who is not even a customer yet, when you're able to listen and, and hear them, then you're able to really connect and solve problems. Like you said, qualifying is a big part of what we do. Um, we don't want to waste people's times. You want to have, for me, I want every meeting that I book to be a, an opportunity that's qualified that then becomes a sale. Like, I want that. That's important to me. I'm a full cycle BDR type of person. So, like, I get committed. Like, if I book a meeting, it's because I think, yeah, this is it. So let's go, you know. Um, I yeah. think that's important. And when you do that, you will have more successful meetings and they will be more opportunities. They will show up more. You don't have to worry about people mm -hmm. showing up to your meetings if you don't trick them into going. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that is like absolutely perfect, you know, how you describe that. And definitely, I think, you know, active listening is very, you know, important too. Uh, because before, you know, when I first started in my sales job, I was just like, okay, if they say anything, uh, I'm just going to do, you know, a rebuttal. I'm just going to, you know, push the call. I'm just going to go ahead and use the call. But I came to realize, you know, actually listening to what they're saying, you know, and being direct about, you know, their needs and things like that is, you know, honestly, 1000% better. Uh, because all you're doing when you push the call back is you're just pushing back their objection and they're just going to, it's just going to come back again. So it doesn't really fix anything. Yeah. But, you know, for, for me, trying to balance, you know, creating content and also working full time has been a struggle for me. So I wanted to ask you, you know, how are you able to keep a, such a good work life balance? Uh, you know, you're able to still post. You're able to have a community that you uh, help SDRs and BDRs with. And you have a family as well. So, you know, what's the secret? Do you have like a certain scheduling thing you do or, you know, how are you able to do that? You know, I am seriously ADHD. No, I'm just kidding. I am. <laughs> That's the secret. No. Um, I would say that it's my, my work-life balance is, is questionable. I, people don't necessarily, like, I have a very unique idea of what, what I consider work-life balance. Um, when I became a mm. freelancer, my family became very used to me working when I needed to work, which was always really cool though, because I could be there for them when they needed me to be there for them, but I could also sometimes have to be focused on work that's not normal times that moms are focused on work. Um, as a result, right. we've always learned to kind of ebb and flow with each other like that. Um, my kids, as as you could imagine, are extremely involved in a lot of things. Like they're, I have three daughters in college, and my son is in high school, oh, wow. and they're all just extremely 
over-programmed by choice. They just do that. Um, <laughs> and so we're just, that's how we are as a family. So our work family balance mm -hmm. is something that's constantly, it's constantly moving and, and changing, but it's, it's like a, we understand that we love each other and that we're always going to be there for the important things and communication is right. important. And, and then we can all do what we want to do and be successful at doing what we want to do. So it's, um, you know, right. I think communication has been the biggest thing in our family. Um, we've been through a lot as a family and then coming together with my yeah. husband 10 years ago, you know, that's hard. Like, and he is a strong, you know, he's definitely a type a dude. And, um, so mm -hmm. we, you know, immediately kind of came up with a communication and, and the way it was going to work for our family. And I think that that's what works. Um, you know, like yeah. for an example tonight, like, you know, my husband and I, like, we like watching, I forget what it's called. It's not game of Thrones, but it's the like spinoff of game of the prequel. Oh, I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't recall the name of it, but well, I know, it's like yeah. a free HBO weekend. So we were trying to watch it all this weekend and he was like, oh, dang. I was like, I know we have one left, but I got to go. And he was like, oh, no. But, like, it's okay because we, like, we knew. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like he knew that I had this and it was something that I already had planned. And it's fine. You know what right. I mean? Like, you know, I definitely, I definitely want to thank you again for coming on. No, yeah. I mean, we, listen, we again. watched that like, like for four hours yesterday and for four hours today. Like it's a, it was, we had to, Man. it's like a binge watch thing. Must be good though. Is it good? Um, It is good. Not as good as Game of Thrones. Not as good as that. Mm. I love Game of Thrones, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, it's, it's crazy. Nice, you know, yeah. we watched 1899, <laughs> 1899. Now that was a good one. Oh, you know, I started watching that. I started watching um, the first couple of episodes. It's, it's, I like very mysterious kind of shows. I'm only like two episodes. I'm telling you in, what, it's very it just gets crazier, man. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You really have to focus. You know what I mean? And you can't not pay attention to that show. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's a lot of like good shows out there. If you guys are listening, definitely check out those. Oh yeah, shows. they're good. Like those are really good shows to check yeah. out, man. That's super cool, though. You know, I think that is really important, though, you know, just setting those expectations beforehand. I feel like, you know, if, if there is no expectation set and then, you know, someone tries to like break off schedules or not, you know, maybe they're not there. But, you know, someone doesn't understand, then it becomes an issue. But once you set those expectations and, you know, you set those boundaries and everything, you know, it just goes well. Everyone has an understanding. So I think that is really good to, you know, take into mind and to consider that as yeah, well. Yeah, and it's important. Like, we, we have a good, we text. We have a group text. It gets kind of crazy. But we are very, <laughs> we're very good about communicating like that. But then we also have, like, one of my mm -hmm. daughters is, like, she has so many unopened texts, it's outrageous. So, like, so we also have to talk, call her and make sure that we tell her the things on the phone. You know what I mean? Like, and right. so it's just also, you know, making sure you know what everybody's communication style is. And that, you know, that's always a work in progress for us. Like when, the, when our girls went to college, mm -hmm. we were lucky because they all went locally to us. We have one at Virginia Tech oh. and then we have two at University of Radford or Radford University. I don't know what they call it there. But, and okay. then, you know, it's like 10 minutes from our house. So it's really lucky because we're close but on the other hand, like, it's a lot for them to juggle because if they went far away, 
they wouldn't feel like they had to come home for every birthday, but they do. They come home for every birthday. Like my my husband's birthday is coming up on Thursday. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Early happy Thank birthday you. to him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so they'll all come over. We'll cook. I don't know what we'll cook him. We'll cook him something. Who knows what? Something He's good. the cook, really. So, like, I have downstairs <laughs> barbecue. He made barbecue. Mm, yummy. Yeah. Mm. That's not yeah, he Yeah, he's a good cook. He really is. He makes a really good, like, um, like a vinegar-based sauce for the barbecue. And then it's like a pulled pork mm. barbecue. Yeah, right. that's what it is. Yeah, you cannot go wrong uh, with that. This sounds, this sounds yeah, so it good. Yeah, it is. It's real good. <laughs> but, yeah, so we balance our I, – I feel like I have a great – work and working from home, I mean, I'll tell you, that is the most amazing thing, like – with my husband, you know, having a brain tumor, it's been, it's been hard, but being able to be with him is just, I cherish every moment, you know, and, um, working from home makes it so much easier. I don't have a commute. I don't have to, you know, we can eat lunch together sometimes. Like there's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just such a, it's for me, yeah. it's such a better way of living. My quality of life is so much better. Absolutely. Yeah. I 1000% agree because um, before I was doing like the SaaS sales and everything like that, I used to work at like Amazon and that like the work-life balance for that was not like, it wasn't the same. Like if I, if I went to work, I would come home and like, I would be asleep and that would be like my entire day. Oh. There wouldn't be any like interaction because yeah. I live with my girlfriend, but there would be no interaction <laughs> like between us at that point. So I would go to work, come home, go to sleep. And then I would have two days off, but but since I worked like such a, a strange schedule, I worked from um, 6 p.m. to 5 mm. p.m. or 6 p.m. to uh, 5 a.m. So when I would come home in my day off, I would sleep like half the day. So I really, I had like a day and a half off, but switching from that to now being able to work from home is like, it's such a blessing. Yeah. Like now, like I have like multiple breaks. I just walk out my room and just go talk to my girlfriend. Yeah. We chat, we, we eat lunch together. Like you said, I don't have the commute. I like I'll, as soon as I open the door, I'm I'm at, I'm at home already. Yeah. So like this, it's just amazing. I agree. Yeah, and there's blurred lines. I mean, I'll I will admit that I can overwork. Um, you know, it's a it's a problem that I have. One thing, one way that I stop myself from overworking one job is I have a lot of a lot of side hustles. So like today, I spent my whole mm. day. I'm I'm a, I just became approved as an Amazon influencer. Yeah, Ooh, so I went live okay. today, and, like, I got my page going, <laughs> and so I just do things like that, but I, I, I pretty much always work. It's like, I like to work. <laughs> right, I mean, there's, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. I, too, like to work. I have a lot of side hustles or things that I'm kind of involved in, too. Uh, like, for a while, I was really interested in, um, I know you probably know about Amazon FBA. Mm -hmm. You might yeah. know about that. I was also very interested in, like, do you know about like SMMA? No. Social, uh, it's a social media marketing agency. Oh yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I know you definitely mm -hmm. done it, but uh, just a phrase when they're there. But you've definitely done it, basically, where you manage people's social yeah. medias, or um, you do Facebook ads or Google ads and keep them on like a monthly retainer. Yeah. I was trying to do that for a while, so I definitely agree. You know, having those side hustles is something that's really invigorating. You learned a lot of new mm -hmm. skills, and you you know you have a lot of knowledge under your belt. So I, I love having hobbies. They're, they're yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I love it too. And I see, you know, you're like very active on your LinkedIn and you've created a personal brand and you're even the co-founder of Sassy Sales Moms, you know, which is an amazing place for SDRs 
who are looking to break into tech and also level up their skills. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, has building a personal brand helped in your career and opened up doors for you? Or uh, do you even think it's a good idea for someone to start that? You know, I think it's a really, for me, well, first of all, yes, building a personal brand on LinkedIn <laughs> has helped my career. Um, even from like, to be like when I first started like rebuilding my career, I to get into the hospitality sales, I used LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I someone found me on LinkedIn. Same with the um, new home sales job. Same with the jobs. All the jobs I found on LinkedIn. So, right. <laughs> but I will say that you know everybody can't just. It's hard to build a personal brand, and I do think you can do harm to some extent if you aren't careful. You know what I mean about what you're doing. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. Like. That's what I love about LinkedIn right now is that it's like this huge resource where you can go and learn everything, right? And you can learn so much. Mm. And um, I think when people like go out there and kind of just start being authentic and sharing about themselves, I think their personal brand can kind of naturally evolve and then become right. their personal brand. So like my personal brand is a smiling mom. And a smiling mom has started started back in 2009 on MySpace, and so like it's wow. it's evolved. Um, it the the concept has always been the same though, is that as a mom, you know, all I want is for everybody to be successful. I want everyone to be happy and successful, and so that we can all live fulfilling lives. Um, I want all of us mm. to be kind and good humans and and just treat each other well. And so that's been my brand ever since I can remember. And it's different everywhere I go, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, different. And LinkedIn mm -hmm. was the first, the only social media place where it had never, you know, I'd never become, like it never shared a smiling mom. You know, it was my resume. It was just my right. living resume. You know what I mean? And mm, yeah. I really, I really, you know, I started watching people like, Darren, do you know Darren McKee? Mm, I don't think oh. so. I'm going to look him up now. You should look bit. up Darren McKee. <laughs> Darren McKee, um, right. he was what I would say is the first person on LinkedIn who truly influenced me to start sharing and developing a real personal brand. Um, I had done all right. the normal LinkedIn stuff where I'd shared about my whatever I was selling at that time or I had promoted people who were looking for jobs, whatever it was. Um, but then I learned from Darren, he, I think it's today or maybe it's tomorrow. He will have posted for 1000 days in a row on LinkedIn. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that That's crazy? Amazing. It's so hard to do that. Every yeah. day for a thousand days. Now I found him last year around, so I got laid, I got laid off from the, um, builder. I was not happy. Mm. I didn't handle it in a way that I'm very proud of necessarily. Um, I was very yeah. angry. I was like, you know, I just, yeah, I would, I would too. Honestly, I was really upset. Yeah. I was really upset. Yeah. Um, I had sold a lot of homes for them. I don't know. It just really sucked. I, I, um, it wasn't what I thought I had been told that we were like a family, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it had started to become less and less like a family for a lot of other things that happened, but it is what it is. And sometime around February, I was like, you know what? You need to just pull up your big girl panties and get back to work. Like this is, 
nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Like it's life isn't fair <laughs> at all. And you just keep realizing that and nobody cares. So you can either lay around and cry about it and your family can just continue to be dug into a hole or you can just figure it out. And so I was like, dang it, I got to figure this out. And Darren mm. McKee, I, I started reading his post every day and he's just so inspirational and he's in sales and I'm like, what does this dude sell? Like, what is, what kind of sales is he in? And he's in SaaS sales. And he started something called SaaS Bros with his brother. Oh, SaaS Bros. With his Bros. brother, Eric McKee. Okay. Yes. Okay. I definitely, I definitely know Eric because I follow him on yes. LinkedIn. I got to follow his yes. brother too. Yeah, yes. Awesome. And so I was like, well, I got to get right around that time. They came out with some, their little book about, like, Eric came out with his little playbook on how to break into SaaS sales and then how to crush it, right? So I got it. I'm like, wow. okay, I'm going to figure this out. Like, let's do this. And so I started to realize that I could bring my personal brand. I could bring it to here because it was really hard to break into SaaS. Um, you know, Eric talked about it as being an older guy. It was hard for him. And now for me, being an older woman, I'm like, this is outrageous. Like, why is this so hard, you know? And so I learned a lot along the way. I, I learned a lot. And what I realized was that, like, there's a lot of, like, awesome tools out there. There's a lot of really not so awesome tools out there. And we could really help each other out if we just, like, shared. Um, and I found Rev Genius, which um, Jared Robin, right. I don't know if you know Jared Robin. Uh, but um, I'm obsessed with yeah, Jared. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a member in He's there. Okay, well, Jared is like my basic hero, angel, awesome man. But anyway, I found Rev Genius, <laughs> and Rev Genius was how I figured it out. I was like, okay, okay, I can do this. I can break into SaaS sales, and Jared Robin's going to help me do it. And I started doing the cold, the cold calling, and I started realizing, like, yeah, my brand is always the same, like, I like to call, I like to talk on the phone to customers. I love customers. I love people. It's my brand. And so I just brought it here and nurtured it. Um, and it led me to Shanda Christ, who is my co-founder of Sassy Sales Moms. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> oh, you guys got the hoodies. It's That's been, also awesome. I know. I, 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 um, I do make, I'm a cricket maker. I love to create oh, on my cricket. Yeah. yeah. And so I, um. I yeah I love it and so I, I had to make the hoodie and this is my dark social hat from Rev Genius, which I'm very proud of. That's so I love cool. it so much. But yeah, building this personal brand, I would say this year I started really building it in I would say March, maybe April was when I got really serious, and took a little bit of a break because I got a job and then I got sidetracked. And I will say that I struggle and I I don't know if you mentioned this, but I do struggle very very much with being um, a creator. I tried to explain this to my manager the other day and I really sucked at it, so I'll try to explain it to you. I struggle with the balance <laughs> of being a creator in my creative side and, and then my sales side and my very prof professional sales side, if that makes any sense. So like, right. you know what I mean? Like you can't just turn it on and off. I, I, have, a, I have a large TikTok following and so I like to make TikToks and, and do all that. And like I told you, I did the Amazon Live. And I find it a struggle to balance all of that in a way that is consistent for my 
for my friends because what I've learned about social media, and this is just advice for everybody, this is just 100% free advice. This is the secret. Take to, notes, guys. Take secret. notes. Consistency is it. That's it. Like, you show up every single day in the same real way, you will do well. You, if, you're, if you force it and you go hard and then you go soft and then you go hard and then you go soft, like, consistency is it. It is with every platform that I've ever been on, it's consistency, but not just, I don't just mean like, oh, show up and throw a post. I mean like consistency all the way around, like engaging with, with your friends, you know, getting to know them, giving, taking, the whole thing, posting, creating. And when you show up every single day in a consistent way, I've never seen somebody fail, <laughs> literally ever. That is so true. That is so true. That is something that I really had to learn recently. Because I think one of the biggest struggles for me that I've always had is that I'm very much so like a very intense person. When I do something, I'm super passionate about it, but my attention would be like diverted. So like I told you, I had a bunch of side hustles, but I would do one. Then I was like, okay, let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. And then before you know it, I don't finish any of them. And then like, I'm not consistent on any of them at all. And I end up failing. So the first thing that I've actually been consistent on was literally doing sad cells, getting into it taking a course, going through the course, learning about it. And even recently, I've been trying to build my own personal branding. Um, it, it's been going pretty good. I gained a lot of followers recently, and I would say that's mainly just from being consistent. And something that I think is, uh, was really uh, important for me was just providing value, just giving pure value to people. Don't try to like make any watered down content that you know, you're trying to like build up some you know, ebook later to give off to people or sell it or something like that. Just give pure, unadulterated you know, value to people and they'll really appreciate that you know, and follow you. And I really learned that from this guy, um, from two people, I would say. There's this guy, his name is Naval Ravikant, I think mm. his name is. Uh, he, he provides really good value. He had like a, um, like a little Twitter thread that went super viral that even became a book and even became like a mini podcast just based off his Twitter mm. thread. It was called how to be or how to become rich it was just like a really in-depth detailed like description of what you need to do uh, i think that guy was like a SaaS startup founder angel whatever you call <laughs> it he was everything so i learned a lot from him and then another creator his name is uh, alex ramosi uh, i learned a lot from him as well and um hala hala taha has they taught me a lot of different stuff as well but like absolutely like you said being consistent is so so important it's it's, and it's interesting because it's so simple, but like, it's also so easy to not do. Like, you know, it just because like a lot of people are like, oh, does it have to be the same day every time? Does it have to be this? Like, you don't like you can be consistently inconsistent. Like some people post throughout the day all randomly. Some people post every day at 10 and every day at three. Like, that's perfectly great because that works for you. But once you start getting mm -hmm. your friends used to seeing you there and bringing you know, them the value at that time, then if you're not there, it's like, oh, I guess they're not there anymore. Like, you know, it's very quick. Like, it's a very <laughs> quick thing. So consistency when you're building right. a following. And that's, and that's what Darren really, McKee, really shows me or shows anybody because mm. if you look at Darren's content, you know, not that I'm not saying he doesn't do good content. His content's awesome. He's a, he's a great writer, and his storytelling mm -hmm. skills are 
extremely good. I'm sorry, my dog is is not doing good. <laughs> but his storytelling <laughs> skills are really awesome. So he, but he doesn't do all kinds of crazy like um, carousels or videos mm. or like he just does. He's just totally real, hundred percent real, and he shares like just the funniest things sometimes just real funny things sometimes good sales things sometimes good advice right and so you always i don't know everybody i feel like everybody trusts darren because that's what he's created right and so um that just goes to show like you don't have to be an expert at something um but but then you also don't have to go out there and say you're an expert. So when I say be careful about personal brand, that's why I say, you know, you want to be careful because I see a lot of people who want to go out and build their personal brand and they go hard and they start giving advice. And I'm like, what what are you like? What are you talking about? Like, seriously, like what's going on right now? Like you literally aren't ready to, to give that type of advice yet. Like, or you are, but I don't know. It just comes off very, um, I don't know. And, and, and a lot of people have been hurt. Um, I, I had a post that, you know, it really kind of hit a nerve for a lot of people yesterday. I posted about, um, you know, the bad side of LinkedIn. And I posted that because, you know, I was impacted when I was really desperately looking for a job. I was impacted by these people, Mm -hmm. some people who said that they were like a coach or they're going to help me get money and I had a couple of different things that happened and it really sucked and I, I luckily am very um, I don't know I I've grew up in Baltimore I am just not easily I don't know I just didn't so my red flags I didn't get I didn't get burnt too bad but I did find out that other people have been <laughs> getting good. burnt way bad and it makes me very right. mad because Right now, there are a lot of people who are looking for jobs, and it is a desperate knowing um, how that feels at this time of year. It's desperate. It's a desperate Mm -hmm. time of year to be looking for a job. Um, That's one of the reasons why Shanda and I started Sassy Sales Moms is because, you know, Sassy Sales Moms, yeah, we are a place that can help you get, you know, help you find a tech sales job, a SaaS sales job, and help you be better at your tech sales job. But the way that we do that and what's a little bit different is that, You know, it's more about like your motivation and your inspiration and working on your whole self and and sharing and protecting each other. Um, And one of those things is protecting people from the predators out there on LinkedIn. And there are out there. There are people out there who are going to charge, try to charge $150 and they're going to tell you that they're going to help you, you know, for an hour. They're going to charge 150 bucks (laughs) and they're going to help you coach you to your next sales job. And I'm like, I literally do that for free to anybody who wants to have a meeting. Like, what is going on in this world that that's, that we're charging? Like, I do see a value in coaches, so don't get me wrong. I pay for coaches. I see a big value in coaching. I see a big value in resume Mm -hmm. writing. But it it has to come from somebody who knows what they're doing, who's who's gotten results. Exactly. You know what I mean? And... Mm -hmm. That's what's gotten a little bit hard on LinkedIn is that because people are out there building their personal brand, it's whatever they say it is. And some people are very good at building their personal brand. That doesn't mean it's backed with any type of like reality. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. Yeah, I 100% get what you're saying. And you know, that was one thing that I noticed about you actually is because I was kind of I like to like look at other people for inspiration. So I have like looked at your page and you know kind of see like what you do, especially when I was like, well, I'm still building my personal brand, but like you're very early on before I had like even 300 followers, I was looking like at your page and I was like, "Huh, what does she do?" And I was like, "Oh, she has like uh coaching." So I clicked on your link and then I was like, "Okay, coaching." And I was like, "What do I pay? Well, what, what do I pay for the uh, coaching?" And I noticed that you don't charge. And I was like, wow, that is absolutely, you know, amazing because everyone else that I, you know, that I noticed, I click on their link and they're like, okay, you pay like, I had, I saw one person, they were charging like a crazy amount. It was like, I'm saying like a thousand dollars, I think for like coaching. I was like, that's insane. Like, what do you do? <laughs> but you know, I, I definitely understand like what you're saying and where you're coming from. You definitely have to watch out for people like that. Uh, for sure. 100%. Yeah, I mean, there's some coaches out there that are amazing, and I've I've had some awesome coaches. Like, to me, especially in sales, I look at sales as like as I, I equate everything to sports, but I look at sales as like sports. And so, you know, you have like a, a pitcher, like my son, who's a pitcher, and you always you get coaches, right? You get special coaches to help you through certain things, and you pay for those coaches if you need to, um, mm -hmm. or you move to the teams and have the best coaches, or you want to be on the team with the coaches. So, um, I see this right. such a value in coaching, but I just see a lot of them popping up. Um, I offer the reason why I do it for free is mostly just because one, I miss, I miss managing a team and I miss coaching people, and I I love helping people hit their goals like I just love it <laughs> like it's like it's, such it's, a great it's an awesome feeling um that's why I love managing people in in sales because like it's so cool when everyone's out there crushing it and we're all making max bonus and everybody's happy and it's just such a fun feeling when you come together and do it and sales mm -hmm. has like a very bad reputation in every industry that I've worked in as being very competitive and not team focus but that's wrong it's you know it doesn't have to be that way like we can be we can right. all be successful like we really can um and that's when when we all do it together that's when i always see the most you know success so yeah i love it so yeah. and that's why i like coaching but yeah. yeah so hopefully you know with sassy sales moms hopefully we can help guide people um in the right direction hopefully it's a place where they can go the slack channel and be like hey I just, you know, heard of so-and-so Yahoo coaching. Is that, is that cool? And we can be like, no, or yeah, maybe, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just a place, right. but it's also a place where there's a lot of rules in SaaS sales, like interviewing, things you should say, things you shouldn't say. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's a good place to be able to go where you don't have to feel like you're on stage at all. Like when you're at Rev Genius, when you're um, anywhere else, and I and I say this with a hundred percent. I don't care what anybody tells you. You are always putting yourself out there on these on these public forums, and you should always be on your best. Like you should always be as if as if your employer is watching you, your future employer is watching you, and never think that that's not the case. Um, it, it is. Um, it is just always is because you're in these forums with other people who could be your boss, who you could work on their team, like all these things. And it's very important to always, always keep that in mind. That being said, there is a place and that's sassy sales moms where you can come and be like, 
is this person a jerk or, you know, or whatever. Like you can actually say what you want to say because we're not, we're not there trying to hire. And we, we make a big deal out of that. Um, Maybe it pushes people away, but in the forum, it's important. Like say what you want to say. So we haven't gotten anything crazy yet, but hopefully people feel comfy. It's definitely an amazing place, guys. If you guys haven't checked out Sassy Sales Moms, make sure you guys go and click the link below. I'm going to put some links below to connect uh, them to you. And go ahead and join. It's a really cool place. I myself is in there as well. So I can definitely, you know, rep for that. It really is a safe place that anyone can go, share their thoughts, and actually get a lot of, you know, feedback and tips on uh, their career growth. So I think that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, you've been, you know, such a great role model you know, for people, you're teaching a lot of people, and you're doing it for free. You're even a mom, so I know you have great experience teaching even your children. There's a lot of lessons that people can learn from you. So I wanted to ask you as a final question, what does being a leader mean to you, and was that something that you are born with, or was it something that you had to learn? That's, you know, I think that, I think that um, in some ways you're born with being a leader, but I think I so innately, I do feel like I was born to be a leader. Um, that's what my mom and dad always said. But I also think you can learn to be a leader as well. Um, and to me, like being a leader is about it's about caring about people. Um, that's it. Like it's Absolutely. in my opinion, it's not complicated to be a leader. Like if you care about making people better, making people their best selves, um, you can lead them to do anything. Um, and, and that's really it. It's, it's people, people follow people who they believe in, who make them feel good about themselves. And, um, I've, I always had parents that made me feel so great. I guess my, my father was such an inspiration to me as a leader. So, um, you know, he led in a way that, that was empathetic and he cared about the people. That's all it was. It was all it was ever about. Um, when I think about my, my father and these layoffs that are going on right now, I cannot even imagine. Before he passed away, he was the chairman and CEO of Experian Worldwide. And um, he was so loved. And when people came to his funeral, it was just incredible, the people that came from, from every level of who he worked with. So it didn't matter what, what level it was because my dad cared about every single person. and it's it's important to think about that like when you lose sight about when you become a leader who lose sight about the people and people that you care about then you're not what are you leading you know so that's to me that's all that leadership is is caring about people absolutely i think that is like absolutely a good note for people to remember and it just you know it just reminds me of the mantra that that you you know that company had and that you have carried with yourself to think of yourself as the customer and i think that is a really really good point to keep in mind no matter even if you aren't doing uh SaaS sales just keep it in life this is like something very good to remember you know think of yourself as the other person think of them as you because at the end of the day we're all human we all go through the very similar experiences so treat everyone as the way you would want to be exactly treated. yes exactly so awesome so you know i want to thank you so much for coming on here sharing your story and telling us all these experiences i feel like everyone listening you know is really going to learn a lot from this podcast so thank you so much oh thanks for having me around i appreciate it 
of course, anytime. And make sure you guys check out the Sassy Styles mom and follow her on LinkedIn. All her social media, all her content is superb. So make sure you guys do that. But thank you for joining today. And thank you guys for listening to One Percenters. I'll see you all in the next episode.